Welcome back to another episode of the Language Lab with Dave. In this episode, I want to talk about what do we mean when we're talking about ESL services or bilingual services. Um, what we're talking about is the program models, typically. Uh, so I want to just go through and give a brief introduction to each one of these models. So obviously we've talked about how states are required by the legislature to one, identify who emergent bilingual students are, and then to provide supportive services for those students. So let's talk first about ESL uh, model types. So there's two main ESL models. There's an ESL pullout model, and there's a content-based ESL model. So what this means is in an ESL pullout model, students will be put in a separate ESL class. So it won't be like a general education class. It'll just be obviously like pulling them out is what the the phrase ESL pullout means. You're pulling them out of the general education class to provide them with an English instruction class targeted on a specific level. Typically, you see this model in secondary, so maybe starting in middle school uh, and high school. Typically, in the middle schools, students will have elective periods. So if a student is an emergent bilingual, oftentimes the school will put them in an ESL class for one of their electives. And so they'll go to an ESL teacher and they'll work on learning whatever level of English. They might have a beginning, an intermediate, or an advanced level ESL pullout class. Same thing in high school. Typically it's like a class period that is dedicated just to ESL, just to working on English. Again, in, in sort of a transition, it might be like an ESL 1, ESL 2, ESL 3. So one being beginning, intermediate, and then advanced. So that's a ESL pullout. Typically in elementary school, the pullout model is not used. Uh, in the district where I work and have worked in the past, there is what's called content-based ESL. Now what that means is that the ESL services are being provided in the general, in the general education classroom setting, and the content-based ESL means that the, the language is being taught through the content, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of talk in the elementary setting um, or just in language development um, theory. There's, there's a distinction that you make between what's called uh, basic um, uh, interpersonal communication skills and then academic language proficiency. So what the content-based model is saying is we are focusing, because the language of the school is academic language, we're going to focus on developing that academic language. So your ESL learning experience is not based on like conversational English, basic English. The point is, is that the student, in order to learn to be successful in school, has to learn how to manage the language of the classroom, academic language. Uh, and so based on the content that they're learning, whether it's English language arts, mathematics, science, social studies, whatever the content is. So 
Um, that's what a content-based ESL program is. My personal opinion is that a content-based program is preferable because um, it's focusing on really the needed skills. Oftentimes, students, um, maybe they lack English proficiency, but they don't lack academic proficiency. They may be very proficient in their native language. They may have uh, a lot of content area knowledge about whether it be mathematics, science, reading, or they're you know fully literate in their native language. And so uh, what the content-based is doing is providing structures, uh, instructional structures, uh, providing um, scaffolds, providing accommodations for students to be able to understand the content on their language level and then also produce or to uh, be able to give feedback uh, as the, the student feedback in a comprehensible way that scaffolded for their language level. Um, so at times still though in elementary school you might have small groups for example even though there's like a, a content-based ESL model there may be paraprofessionals, uh, the ESL teacher, that still might work with the uh, emergent bilingual students in a small group setting. Uh, maybe they're pulling them out for maybe 15 minutes just to work on oral language development, or maybe they're working on literacy, doing small guided reading groups. But the overall program model is not one that that is their service model, is that small group. The program model is that the teacher, the classroom teacher, who is ESL certified in Texas, if you have ESL students in your classroom, you're required to have a supplemental ESL certification. It's saying that this classroom teacher is providing opportunities, instructional framework for a language development within the learning of the classroom. So I think it's very important for, for parents to understand. Oftentimes, uh, not often, but there are times when I have conversations with parents and they're very they're resistant to their child being uh, labeled as an emergent bilingual or an ESL student because of experiences maybe that they had growing up where they were isolated as an ESL student. They were put you know, in another part of the school, or they were put in a different classroom, and then they weren't really given the opportunity to have equitable access to the content learning. Uh, and just because they lacked English proficiency, they missed out on a lot. And so I have to explain to them that the ESL model that we utilize at our uh, the, the content-based ESL model is very different from that. It's one that is going to, um, the goal is that the child will um, be able to participate fully in the content instruction in a way that they can understand and a way that they can give their feedback. Uh, so those are the two ESL models. They have the pull-out model, which is the services provided in a separate setting, separate classroom. Typically, you'll see this at middle and high school, 
where they, you know, they have different classes that they rotate to, and one of those classes will be an ESL class. Uh, and then there's the content-based, which is typically more frequently seen at the elementary level, where the language service is provided in the general education classroom with a ESL-certified uh, classroom teacher. So those are the two ESL models. Now, if we look at the bilingual models, there are quite a few different bilingual service models. Remember, Texas is one of two states that has a mandate for bilingual education. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's the number, if there are 20 speakers, if a district has, I don't know if it's a district or a school, has 20 speakers of the same language, they're obligated to provide, uh, they're mandated to provide bilingual education for those students. Now, uh, schools can fire, districts can file waivers to the state to say, we're not able to implement this bilingual program based on the fact that we can't find any certified teachers to, you know, in that target language to to have the, the model. So um, that happens quite often. But so what you find mostly in Texas, I would say, are... Um, Spanish and English bilingual uh, educational models. I have seen one student come to our school that was in a Vietnamese bilingual uh, program, but that's the only other language that I've seen. That doesn't mean they don't exist, but uh, typically it's uh, Spanish and English bilingual education in Texas where I am. Now, there are a wide range, uh, not a wide range, but there are more service models for bilingual education than there are for ESL. Probably the main point of interest is, is it a transitional bilingual education model or is it a maintenance bilingual education model? And it's very important to understand and to ask questions of your school district about what is the goal of your bilingual education model? A transitional bilingual education model is one that the goal is to transition the students from their transition, use the native language to transition to English. So the goal of a transitional bilingual education model is in the end, English proficiency, not necessarily proficiency in the, in the native language. So you may see that, um, in this model, they'll start kindergarten with like 90% of the instruction in the native language, 10% in English. And as they get older, they increase the percentage of English. So they're developing the literacy skills in the native language, exposing some English. As they get into the second grade, it may be like 50-50. By the time they're in third grade, it may be like 80-20, 80% English, 20% native language. By the time that they get to the fifth grade, the goal is to have all of the instruction in English. So that's what a transitional model is. There's transition. That's, that's what a transitional bilingual education model is. Now, uh, a maintenance bilingual education model has the goal of developing literacy, academic proficiency in both languages. So as the word uh, implies, maintenance is maintaining the academic and literacy of the native language. These are what are called dual language models. There are, so, um, so in this model, 
you're going to develop both languages. You're going to be developing your native language as far as literacy and learning, as well as English. So a lot of times these models are split 50-50. Um, not necessarily. It, it typically it's 50-50, it's or it may even start out 90-10. They're, they're two different uh, if you take a maintenance model, there you can split a maintenance model into two subcategories. One subcategory would be two-way um, dual language and one-way dual language. Now, if you hear two-way dual language, that means that there are a mix of, let's say, for example, it's a, a Spanish bilingual education model. That means there's going to be a mix in a two-way program of native Spanish speakers and native English speakers. Typically they try to have it 60% native Spanish speakers to 40% native English speakers in a two-way program. Uh, now that two-way program will split time between the languages at 50%. So at kindergarten, typically they, they swap each day. One day of languages, the, the language of instruction is Spanish. The next day, the language of instruction is English. So they rotate every single day back and forth between the two languages. And they'll do that in kindergarten. They'll do that in first grade. By second grade, you're starting to then maybe do two days of instruction in the same language. And then in third grade, typically you might do, you might do a week in one language and then a week in the other language until fifth grade. So a two-way is a mix of native, say, Spanish speakers and native English speakers, and they're both developing both languages 50-50 equally to the goal being when they get to the end of fifth grade that they'll have proficiency in both languages. And that's a two-way dual language maintenance model. There's also what's called a one-way dual language um, maintenance model. And one-way means only students that speak the native language are in the group. So if it's a Spanish uh, bilingual education program, it's only going to have native Spanish-speaking students in the program. Now, um, I think it's typical in a one-way program that they might start 90%, 10%. So 90% in the native language. So kindergarten would be 90% taught in Spanish, 10% in English. Where you're developing literacy skills, you're developing foundational uh, academic knowledge, whether it's mathematics, literacy, in the native language that they understand. And as they grow, uh, you'll, add more, you'll add more English time to where you're getting to a 50-50 split um, later in the, the course. Maybe by third grade, you're in a 50-50 split. So then you're developing the English and the Spanish, and you're maintaining the Spanish language while you're also developing the English language. So that's the difference between a one-way dual language program and a two-way dual language program that has the goal of, in the end, having a bilingual student. Um, I per personally prefer the maintenance models over the transitional model uh, just because there's so many benefits um, that come with bilingual education, that come with bilingualism, that uh, it seems to only make sense to 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 if you're going to do a bilingual education program is just to do it as a maintenance model program so that you're you're going to have hopefully at the end students who are proficient in both languages 
Now, in Texas, it's only required, bilingual education is only required through the fifth grade. There are some school districts who continue with bilingual education all the way through to 12th grade. Um, and so that uh, would be a true bilingual education. Um, but the what's required is through fifth grade. So, um, so as a parent, I think it's helpful for you to one, understand what are these program models and what are your options? So if you have, uh, if you have a student that's enrolled in a public education school and you receive notice that, um, that they've qualified as an emergent bilingual, um, I think it's helpful for you to understand the service model that the local district where you're attending uses and what your options are so that you can be better educated. Uh, if you have a child who is in elementary school, um, you want to make sure that if your child is an emergent bilingual, that they're being served by a certified ESL teacher. And you might say, well, how can I, how can I know? Um, well, if you can, you, there's a website, um, Texas has a website where you can look up any public school educators certification. So as long as you know their name, uh, you can go, you can just Google, look up Texas teacher uh, certification and uh, you'll get a link and you go to that link and just you have to know the teacher's first and last name. Sometimes if they've gotten married, their last name has changed. They won't pull up. But um, or you could just simply ask the administrator or whoever is getting in touch with you, the ESL teacher, um, or try to look it up to see what certifications they have. Um, so that is at least a starting point to say, I want to make sure that my my child, my student, is being served by someone uh, with uh, at least the proper credentials. And in future episodes, I want to get into uh, even when someone is certified, uh, what that means, and then what you as a parent should should look for uh, as far as the strategies that are being used for your student to ensure that they are receiving um, proper supports for their for their language development. So we'll get into those details later. But I think that pretty much sums up the two different ESL models and bilingual education models. Remember ESL, you've got the pullout model, you've got the content-based bilingual education models, you've got transitional models or maintenance models, and then under maintenance models you've got one-way or two-way um, dual-language uh, programming. So that should help you get started in understanding what uh, what is available, what is out there, and um, what each one of those program models goals are. Okay, thanks for listening.